Welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show, a podcast for government and public sector marketing professionals who want to level up their digital marketing and social media knowledge, skills, and strategic thinking. And now, welcome your host, Joanne Sweeney. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Public Sector Marketing Show. Like every other part of society, the charity sector has been impacted by COVID-19. But how can they bounce back and what role does digital marketing play in fundraising and engaging the public? In this episode, I take a closer look at charity communications in a post-COVID world. How to engage workplaces and the public in your charity events. How social media can do the legwork for you, the role of SEO and your website. And I speak to the team at the Mark Pollock Trust, who also organised the Run in the Dark charity event. And I speak to CEO Paula Kniff about how they are leaning into digital communications in the post-COVID world. In today's column, I'm asking the question, is charity enough to get attention online? Did you know there are almost 9,000 registered charities in Ireland from very small charities to community groups to then larger charities. And a number of years ago, Ireland began to regulate the charity sector and we set up a charity regulator. So it remains to be seen that charity communications is really important because there's ever more scrutiny on your work. So when you think about marketing, your charity or your particular fundraising events, there's one thing that you really need to keep close attention on, and that is your reputation. Because I don't think that the word charity or even that hook is enough right now to get you the attention that you need in a world where the big battle is for eyeballs. So there's a number of questions that I'm posing today that I'd like you to think about when looking ahead to your charity marketing in a post-COVID world. First of all, ask yourself, how do the public currently view our charity? What is their perception? Do they really understand what we do, our vision, our ethos and our overall mission? That's really important because guess what? Perception is somebody else's reality. Then you've got to ask yourself, well, why would the public or indeed a workplace choose to align themselves with us? In my experience, that comes down to an emotional connection. And we'll talk a lot about that in my conversation with Paula later on in the show. Then you've got a deep dive into your target audience. Well, who are those people that really want to support our charity? Why does our work resonate with them? Do they have a particular experience, whether it's cancer or whether it's spinal difficulties, whatever it is, you really have to dig deep into understanding your target audiences. Then, of course, you've got to think about resources. We can do so much online. We can be creative. We can hit people on every channel. We can spend money on advertising. But you have to be realistic as to what resources you have. Monetary, also skills and team and time. Then you've got to think about how you're going to break up your marketing over a 12-month period. You've got to think about online and offline, but also breaking them into mini campaigns and how long will each campaign run for. So it's a really good idea to have a calendar of activity 
right throughout the year, never forgetting those awareness messages, who we are, what we do, and why we exist. And then finally, what does success look like? This is the first question that you ask when you step into your strategy, but are you really clear on what your goals and your key performance objectives are? So this is a really good place to start when thinking about charity marketing, because when we get into the strategy piece in the next segment, we'll be thinking about the tactics and the channels. Level up your digital skills by taking our diploma in digital marketing, plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code DIGITALMARKETING20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. In today's consulting segment, I'm going to share my insights with you around charity marketing. And I'm very clear that the real wins for you sit around attention and connection. So first of all, you have to get the attention of your target audiences. They have to know and understand clearly what you're all about and how the money that you're fundraising for is going to be invested. And they also want to be part of the story long after the event has ended. Secondly, it's about connection. So resonance and relevance, those ors in digital marketing that I talk about a lot on this podcast. And so with attention and connection, you are setting yourself up for success online. But if you want to start out and think about your strategy, you've answered all the questions that I posed to you in the previous Joanne's column, then you've got to think about, well, how are we going to execute a plan that's going to deliver on the goals and the KPIs that we've set down for? Before I go into that in a little bit more detail, I want to share with you a couple of charities that I've, I'm getting involved in uh, at this time of year. And the first one is the Run in the Dark campaign organized by the Mark Pollock Trust. And we'll speak to Paula a little bit later on. And why did that resonate with me about seven years ago? Well, I met Mark at a charity event in Donegal. I was hosting awards. I asked him to come and to be guest speaker. And it was a story that really connected with me. After losing his sight, he then went into adventure challenges in the North and the South Pole, uh, but then he had a terrible accident. And so it left him paralyzed and he, he couldn't engage in those adventure challenges. And so Run in the Dark was something that was set up to help fundraise for him, but it's grown into so much more. And so when I think about Run in the Dark and the Mark Pollock Trust, he is trying to find a cure for spinal paralysis. And like that is such a huge mission. And for somebody like me, you know, I haven't experienced that uh, in my own life or in my wider family network. But the part that resonated with me is I love to run. I love to get out in the wild Atlantic Way sea air and just run by the sea. And for me, that allows me just to empty my head and to de-stress. And if that was taken away from me, I think I'd really struggle. So it was that story and how Mark told the story that really resonated with me. And that's why seven years old on I'm still helping and I'm still running in the dark on the 17th of November. A second charity event that was launched here in Galway, where I'm based, is Cold Tober uh, for a local mental health charity, encouraging people to get into the sea every day in October or else have a cold shower if you're not brave enough to uh, go into the sea. And again, a charity around mental health and really guess, t- 
telling people that they can overcome any potential uh, hurdles that they have in their lives. So if you think about how and why you engage with charities, it's probably because they got your attention because of an emotional connection. And that's exactly what you need to do when it comes to marketing your event or indeed your entire charity. So you want to start off with identifying that hook and identifying that story. And from there, you will then begin to surface a range of people from different cohorts and walks of life that are potentially going to be advocates for you. The pillar messaging and those stories are key. Clearly, there'll be one master story, but then there should be sub-messages right throughout your campaign. And you really want to work on your storytelling. Then you've got to turn a story into multiple content formats. People want to be able to choose whether to watch, to listen, or to read about those stories. And don't forget about visual storytelling online. So it's not good enough anymore just to have a website, perhaps, or you know, engage in social and have some text or photo posts. The modern age, digital age consumer uh, is a bit more demanding. And so they expect a higher level of content format, not necessarily more highly produced, but they expect short form mobile video, infographics, animation. Then we've got to think about the customer journey and how citizens are going to go from engaging with you, seeing your content on social, to then coming over to your website, to expressing an interest, and then how are you going to keep their attention right up until your main fundraising campaign. That's called a funnel, and much of that funnel can be automated from email, uh, from forms on your website. So that's a really critical piece. Then it's about constant visibility, and we know that with a, the battle for attention being so tough online, you have to have great frequency and momentum in your campaign. So stepping up the activity and your marketing the closer that your fundraising event approaches. Stories from other advocates and from service users of that charity will also help maybe to convince people to get off the fence and convert online. And then finally, you're going to measure how your campaign is performing at every step of the way. And then at the end of the campaign, you'll do a deep dive into your insights to really understand what content resonated most, what was your cost per conversion, and where the opportunities are to improve next time. So I hope that was useful. And even take a step back and think about you as an individual who supports charities, why do you do it and what motivated you to get involved? Because we can all learn from ourselves also. A one-stop shop digital marketing and social media resource. Join our membership academy for 12 months. Access a library of how-to videos, template strategies, and organizational policies. Monthly live coaching. Attend webinars with subject matter experts. Meet and network with public sector pros from across the world. Use the code MEMBERSHIP20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. I'm delighted to be joined on today's show by Paula Kniff, who is CEO of Strive Management. And that is the organization that looks after the Mark Pollock Trust and Run in the Dark. And I'm going to let Paula introduce herself because she will do a far better job than me. Just have a listen to this. 
Paula Kniff, thank you so much for joining me. Now, this is a busy time of year for you. First of all, tell the viewers and the listeners a little bit about yourself and your job. So my name is Paula Kniff and everything I do is about harnessing the collective power of teams so that we can achieve more together than we could on our own. So I run um, Run in the Dark, which is a global 5K and 10K run taking place in November in 2000 cities around the world. And I also run the charity Collaborative Cures, which is charity partner of Run in the Dark with Mark Pollock. And its mission is about bringing people together to cure paralysis in our lifetime. Now, I met Mark a number of years ago at a, a charity awards event in Donegal. And ever since that moment, we, we've kept in touch. And then I moved to Galway and I said, hey, you need to do the pop-up in Galway. But I just got an email from him too. And um, that's the thing about Mark, his, his ability to tell a story and to get people to engage with him. And his email today said, you know, you can't reverse the past. And tell us a little bit about Mark's story and the charity. Mm, yeah, I mean, Mark is, is an amazing individual. So he went blind in one eye as a child and then lost his sight completely when he was in his early 20s, just about to graduate from college and, and start his career in London. And so he went on then to become an adventure athlete racing in mountains and oceans and deserts and all kind of crazy uh, adventure races, culminating in a, a race to the South Pole on the 10th anniversary of losing his sight. And tragically, um, a year and a half later, he fell from a second story window and is paralyzed now from the waist down. So I suppose that his, his uh, mission changed from bringing people together in terms of doing these adventure races to bringing people together to cure paralysis. He spent the next... 10 years and we're still actively doing this looking at the system and how we can contribute to this cure for paralysis and run in the dark was set up initially by friends and family to support mark directly after his accident and now fuels our mission to cure paralysis and as you mentioned joanne the pop-up runs i mean we started running the dark with four runs in ireland 11 years ago and it's expanded now to over 50 cities around the world mostly thanks to amazing people like yourself who give their time and their energy to set up these pop-up runs which are smaller runs all around the world so we've runs in asia australia canada america and throughout europe and so I suppose not surprisingly last year with COVID, we had to switch from bringing people together in these live events, walking or running 5K or 10K to now a virtual event. So um, we did that last year. Unfortunately, we have to do it again this year with so much uncertainty around restrictions, particularly them being different in various countries. So Australia is very different to what's happening in the UK, for example. So uh, virtual again this year, but definitely hoping to get back to having all of our live events in 2022. And when I was kind of teeing up this conversation, because it's also going to be part of a podcast, I kind of reminisced on why Run in the Dark resonated with me. I mean, first of all, I thought Mark's ambition to get a cure for paralysis was quite out there. Um, but it also then kind of resonated with me because I was like, I love to run for my mental health. I mm. see what I call proper runners running past me and they're really fast and I'm like, oh, they're a proper runner. But I think we all run for our own reasons and we all run our own race. And for mm -hmm. me, it's to get out of my head and the joy and the freeness that I feel running on the prom in Salt Hill where we have the Galway event, it really just makes everything calmer and better. And, you know, when I met Mark and I, when I thought, and he, he speaks about how your life can change in a moment in the blink of an eye mm -hmm. and 
you know, that that again really struck me that if I didn't, if that was taken away from me and Mark, you know, leaned into adventure racing and that was taken away from him, I was like, yeah. you know, this could be any of us or our family members. And so, you know, his ability to just get a story to resonate is is so important. And where are you now with all the research that you've been doing over the years? Mm. Yeah, and interesting. Interestingly, Mark always frames his his approach by saying, "Sometimes we choose our challenges. Sometimes our challenges choose us. What we decide to do about it is what counts." So the challenge challenges in in multiple times in his life have have chosen him. But equally, if you decide to take on uh, take up running or take on an event like a run in the dark, you know it is a challenge that chooses you, and it's just about showing up and getting what you can from it. Um, in terms of what we've been doing, so you know, over the last ten years or more, we've been really focused on how can we bring people together because the I, you know, we don't think that any one scientist or technologist or philanthropist is going to cure paralysis. It's going to be a cocktail of interventions coming together. And what we've seen is that unfortunately, these amazingly world class people are all working in isolation, maybe too busy to look up, to look sideways, to see what's going on around them. So that's where we feel we can make a really valuable contribution. So we've helped a company raise funding to, to try and commercialize their device. We work a lot, as people may know, with exoskeleton, exoskeleton, so robotic legs that allow you to stand and walk. So there's some really exciting things happening. I mean, the robotics continues and is an amazing rehabilitation tool for people. We have an exoskeleton in DCU in Dublin that people can go and, and walk in and use it as a rehab tool and um, but equally on the other side which is the slightly more scientific side so we're talking about electrical stimulation and it's basically where they put on the on your the, your skin of your spine these electrodes and then they supercharge your nervous system to bypass the damaged part of your spinal cord really exciting technology especially for people with the higher level of paralysis who maybe can't use their hands to feed themselves or you know zip up their their jumper they are finding that with this intervention they're able to do that which is just so meaningful for people who are paralyzed particularly with a high level of paralysis and i'm kind of show, putting my hand across my chest here to say if you're paralyzed in the higher part of your your spinal cord you'll also have often have limited hand function so unbelievable for them and, and hopefully in the next year or, or 18 months that device is going to be available for people to use it's currently not commercially available so you can't buy one whereas the robots are so I think it's going to be then by combining these with all there's lots of amazingly exciting things happening on nerve bridging which is kind of helping at, when you have the injury to to fix part of the spinal cord and lots of other exciting things that are maybe a little bit further off but this electrical stimulation which we have been working with for 10 years I think is really close to being available for people to use and buy. I think the last 18 months have proved to us that you you have to think big and you have to lean into the science and to the technology mm. to know what's possible. Uh, when COVID came to our doors in March 2020, we didn't believe that we would have a vaccine. And now Ireland's sitting at over, what, 92% of mm -hmm. vaccine uptake rate. But that was all about, you know, people asking the big questions and saying, you know, what is possible if we come together? And I think Mark has that same tenacity and, and vision for for his work around paralysis um, and even you explaining what has been achieved so far uh, reminds us that if we don't step up and think big then you know why not why shouldn't we mm. um, talk to us about um what people 
should think about if they're thinking about running on the 17th of November. It's coming pretty fast. I know you guys are really good at helping us uh, get out and with free training programs and everything. Mm -hmm. What's been happening around that part of it? So with the virtual run in the dark, the way it works is there's a run in the dark app that you can download and you can then time yourself doing either a 5K or a 10K. So run in the dark is really, you know, a fun run for all open to all abilities. So you can walk it if you choose to. And I think, you know, you mentioned earlier your reason for running around mental health and getting out. You know, I think a huge amount of people in the last 18 months have been really focused on both their physical and their mental health. And also, you know, as we've been working in our spare rooms or at our kitchen tables, we need to get out and get that fresh air. So I think it's a great way of giving yourself a goal, something to go for if you're walking or running, you know, a couple of times a week that you then have a goal to get yourself to in November. As you mentioned, we provide training plans for everyone. We also have this fantastic fitness hub. We're working with the company called Spectrum Life and it has hours and hours of training tips there's experts giving people advice there's training plans and also some nutrition and recipes if you'd like some some new inspiration on that front um but really you know there's still time to to train if people are thinking god you know it's too late now it's never too late you know and you can always run some walk some but it's really i think a good way particularly as the dark nights start to come in for people to have that goal to keep them into their training and motivated so can people then decide at what time of the day on November 17th that they do their run? Absolutely. Yeah. So it will, we're encouraging people where possible and obviously, you know, where it's safe and always keeping health and safety at the forefront of people's minds to run at 8 p.m., which is the time we would normally have the run so that we will sweep the globe as, as 8 p.m. hits around the world. But absolutely appreciate that. One, it might not suit people. And two, perhaps they wouldn't like to run in the dark if they're on their own or in small groups. So you can run at any time on the 17th, 18th or 19th. We're going to give a couple of days allowing for things like bad weather, right? just might make it a little bit hard to leave the house um, and people choose their own route and do the 5k or 10k when they finish their run their uh, time will go up on a global leaderboard and then there's this really cool selfie frame within the app where they can share their finish time to social media or to their family whatsapp group uh, to celebrate that important achievement Oh, this is amazing because I know like in the early days of doing the virtual pop-up, you know, it wasn't timed and runners like to get their time. But the mm -hmm. development of the app is a super addition and um, the selfie frame. And that's another example of how you can pivot even during a pandemic and still make this event. You know, you have that collegiality mm -hmm. and you have that support. And um, so talking about marketing during a pandemic, how has it been? Has it has it really impacted, you know, fundraising? and really trying to engage people. It, it's been interesting to say the least. I mean, our whole business is, Mark is a professional speaker, usually goes to conferences and speaks to groups of people. Run in the Dark is an event where we gather people together to walk or run in, in a five and a 10K. And of course, I mean, pretty much overnight, everything shut down on that front. So technology has been so important for us in allowing us to pivot which has that pivot and you're on mute have to be the two <laughs> number one phrases used over the last 18 months but to allow us to reimagine our business using technology so when I, we were building the run in the dark as a virtual event it was so important to keep the values that everybody really wants from the run so the collegiality or the community that we talk about that connection because we have a lot of companies who enter teams to run in the dark so how can they stay connected with each other when they're not able to see each other and so 
on the app, there's a team leaderboard if you join as part of a team where you can follow each other and see how people are doing on, on their run. Um, and then finally, the healthy competition also helps. So, you know, seeing how you compare to other people and maybe you beat the, the guy in the office or the, the woman in the office that sits beside you, that all helps. So I think we very much focused on, you know, what are the really important values, both on the Mark speaking side of the business and on the run in the dark and how can we make sure that still happens in the virtual environment. Um, I mean, the marketing has been interesting. I think people are more open to giving in the last year or so. I mean, we've seen some of the amazing um, causes that have, have had really successful virtual fundraising. Um, so we've been just working on using all the technology and the tools that we can and trying to keep our um, community of runners who usually run in the live events involved and motivated to, to do the run even though it's virtual. And I would say that, like, I've heard from you guys right throughout, you know, you didn't go from my mind. Yeah. And so as this time of year was coming, it was coming into my mind as a participant, you know, not as a, you know, a, a bit of a supporter, but as a mm. participant. Um, you were front of mind, you were coming into my inbox, you were on my news feed. Um, and that's really important. I don't think that charity should just kind of, you know, do the eight week uh, pre-campaign, you know, run the event and then disappear. That ongoing comms is very important right mm, yeah no it 100 is and you know when i'm thinking of the amazing people who donate fundraise take part in the run you know they want to feel that their contribution is valued and that value is throughout the year so yeah we try and, and keep people involved with the run and then give back things that can help them you know useful things like the training tips or or the training programs but equally for them to still know what impact their contribution is making throughout the year so you'll, you'll you can see mark is quite active on on social media and trying to keep people inspired but also you know in the know about what we're doing uh, on the day-to-day -day basis around this mission to cure paralysis so I think you're right it can be challenging for charities it's often a small team trying to do a lot with limited resources but um you know the people who help you make that impact are your donors your fundraisers for us the 25,000 people around the world who support us by taking part in run in the dark it's phenomenal you know 25,000 people um who who connect with the story and one of the things that i say often in my training or in my podcast is the real battle online right now is for attention and mm. connection and would you agree that you know if you can connect with a story then you'll get the attention and then the advocacy will follow 100%. I mean, we're being bombarded online by so much, you know, they're all scrolling constantly. And so what you have to get people's attention and people react to human stories. I mean, it's true. People are always amazed by Mark's story. If I ever meet someone who hasn't heard it before, you just see their face, the kind of shock when they're thinking, oh my God, you know, that story is just amazing. So I 100% agree. It's, it's very hard to get people's attention um, online and a lot of ways we would have been doing a five years ago don't work anymore so for as a marketeer you think you, you would look at various different types of advertising and digital marketing and a lot of those really you know there's the likes of banner blindness and all that stuff that we see now where five years ago we could have marketed one way now it's all about TikTok. <laughs> yeah the short mobile video trying to uh, interrupt a news feed with short video yeah. and, you know that's as marketers what we have to do we just have to pivot just like COVID taught us to. And we have to go mm. where the trends are, but really where our audience is. So 
Paula, let's make an appeal to those watching or listening, or even if they're reading the blog post associated with this interview, let's make an appeal to people to get involved and to run in the dark for a cure for paralysis. Yes, please do go to runinthedark.org to sign up. And the event is 17th of November, so still plenty of time to sign up, even if you haven't started training yet. Yeah, and of course you can run on the 18th or the 19th. And I want to thank you, Paula, and the entire team. You guys are always really great. I still have my flag, and I'll be going (laughs) off to uh, the province, Salt Hill, shortly for a few photos um, to try and help uh, encourage people in Mm. Galway to get on board. But I want to thank you for your time. You and your small team do amazing work, and I know Mark appreciates it too. But let's leave the last words and the last pictures to the Mark Pollock Trust story, and we'll play a video. I am blind, I am paralyzed, but I want to walk again. As darkness sweeps around the world on one evening in November, thousands of runners will join our mission to fast track a cure for paralysis. social media skills by taking our diploma in social media plus gain an industry qualification use the code social media 20 for a 20 percent discount visit publicsectormarketingpros.com there's been exceptional feedback on the back of the public sector digital marketing summit we took it online in 2021 but i wanted to let you know that there's now an on-demand ticket available this means that you can now watch back all of the sessions from day one We had keynotes, case studies and panel discussions. And then on day two, we had 12 digital marketing and social media workshops. So if you're interested in leveling up your digital, be inspired by your peers right across the world, go ahead to our website, publicsectormarketingpros.com forward slash 2021 summit and check out our new on-demand ticket. As always, with every show, I have a free resource for you. I'm still promoting our new ebook, Digital Marketing in the Public Sector, out with the old, in with the new. And if and when you download that ebook, it'll also give you an opportunity to set up a 30-minute free, no-obligation coaching call with me. In that call, we'll discuss where you are now with digital marketing, in your agency, if you have any ambitions to go up the career ladder and if those skills can help you. So make sure that you make the most of that and get in touch and book a slot in my calendar. I'll be delighted to have a conversation with you. As always, if you've enjoyed the Public Sector Marketing Show, I would really appreciate it if you'd recommend it to a colleague or a friend that's working in public sector or in government marketing. Uh, They will definitely thank you forward. And if you haven't already, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. And with any of the digital platforms, when you give us a rating and a review, it really helps us boost up our algorithmic ranks. And so if you haven't subscribed, rated and reviewed, I'd really appreciate it. But for now, enjoy the show and I'll see you on the next episode. 
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Public Sector Marketing Show. This episode has ended, but your digital journey can continue. Head over to publicsectormarketingpros.com to access resources and links mentioned in today's show and to connect with Joanne and her team. Until the next time, be sure to subscribe, rate and review on your favorite podcast platform. 